Welcome to this Centrum podcast. For more podcasts, or to join Centrum programs building creativity in community, visit us at centrum.org. I'm Michelle Haygood, and this is On Air, a podcast focusing on conversations with artists and creatives from Centrum's residency community. I am broadcasting to you from the lands and waters of the Coast Salish people in a place known as Katai to the Sklalem people and today known as Port Townsend, Washington. This podcast is focused on bringing artists together in community to explore the ways that place, process, and the personal intersect. We dive into the many ways that artists are responding to the current times, affecting change, and finding sustenance during health, climate, and social crisis. Join us and take an hour to be in residence and unpack your own relationships to creativity, time, and place. Thank you for being here and enjoy this episode. Thanks for joining me today, and I am really thrilled to bring you this conversation with Brenda Chapman, who was a resident at Centrum earlier in the year, and who I had the pleasure of getting to know and discovered a whole kind of new layer of myself and of the field of animation that has been a lifelong interest and influence of mine. And I am just so, I feel so privileged that I get to uh, be in this position and meet such a diversity of artists who bring so many different perspectives to the world of making, the world of storytelling, the world of moving and It's just so fun, and I can't wait for you to listen in, so let's go talk to Brenda. Hi, Brenda. Welcome. It is so nice to see you again. (laughs) Great to see you, too. (laughs) So you weren't here that long ago, and it's really nice to be able to catch up. Ah, Yes, it is. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, it is. It's I missed you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And for those listening in who don't know who Brenda is, Brenda Chapman is a writer and a director and a story artist. And I am looking forward to hearing in your own words sort of how um, you might summarize for us a little bit of what your your career has been. Googling you is really fun. And (laughs) your IMBD uh, uh, page is really exciting. I was looking at it. And, you know, yeah, it's like, it's really cool to see so many things that are part of the canon that have influenced me and many, many others. Um, So, yeah, but I... I um I think before we get into um, some of my questions, if you could just, you know, kind of give us a glance of what you've spent your life <laughs> working <laughs> on. <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> well, um, 
I have uh, drawn since I could hold a pencil, my mom said, you know, <laughs> so I, uh, I started uh, my interest in art, you know, from an early age and just I would draw all the time. And uh, one day I realized I wanted to do that for a living and I didn't know how and, and uh, I was watching an animated film, which I watched animation all the time and realized that there were credits at the end. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, people actually create these things. They don't just suddenly exist. So, um, so I grew up in a really small town in Illinois and uh, no internet, no any of that stuff. So, um, but I, I went to school for animation. I went to CalArts down in um, near Los, Los Angeles, California Institute of the Arts. And uh, my first job was during my summers um, as a uh, just sort of a cleanup prop person. I clean, cleaned up the drawings for the props and I was a lip sync checker, but I, I to check the lip sync because the animation came from Japan. But my first job was Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> which is so not me <laughs> as far as subject matter, but, but I was so proud. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it helped put me through school. I had to put myself through school. And um, then I got hired at Disney after being at CalArts and I was hired as a story trainee. I was the first woman in story in a very long time there. Um, and was the only woman in the story department for several years after that. But then they started trickling in and uh, good friends and, and uh, colleagues and, and everything. But I, I worked on films like Little Mermaid and uh, Beauty and the Beast, Rescuers Down Under. Uh, I was the head of story on The Lion King. Um, I worked on Fantasia 2000 and The Hunchback and I'm, did I say Beauty and the Beast? I probably did. But um, and then I left to help create DreamWorks with Jeffrey Katzenberg, the animation division. And um, I was one of the three directors that worked. we worked together um, on Prince of Egypt. And uh, that was uh, a real exciting time for me on that. Um, and I uh, stayed with DreamWorks for a while and consulted and worked on a few of the other projects there. But then I left there and went to Pixar and uh, wrote and directed Brave um, for them. And that was uh, a difficult period in, <laughs> in my career, but it was uh, very rewarding. And I, it was a, a story that I created that was inspired by my daughter. And, um, and I've been just doing a bunch of stuff since then, trying to, I, I just uh, did my first live action film, which was quite the journey itself. You know? <laughs> um, I think I'll stick with animation most likely after that. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was called Come Away and it starred David Oyelowo and Angelina Jolie. And uh, it it's uh, video on demand right now, but hopefully it a streaming company will eventually take it over, but who knows? Um, it, it was a bit of a disappointment in how it turned out for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, but uh, there's still a lot to be 
proud of on it. So, mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, that's kind of what, and now I'm trying to write a novel and um, trying to focus more on writing for animation and films. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> Was that enough? Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, I skipped over a few things, but I thought oh, I don't want to take up. <laughs> no, it's an incredible, an incredible starting point. Um, yeah, there's so much, so much within there that we could start, start looking at closely. Um, but I think I'm, I'm really interested, you know, in sort of uh, where you are now and and how that is connecting throughout you know previous projects or just you know interests you've had um and um I think I would just love to hear a little more about you know what story making kind of means to you um because it, it sounds like you know that's that's certainly the connector right uh, yeah across it, all it, of this yeah <laughs> well I mean that's that's the thing. I love telling stories and having grown up in a really tiny farming community in the middle of Illinois, it was 150 people. And in the winter time, there were ice storms and snowstorms, and, you know, you just didn't get out and, uh, there was no internet there was a, so I read all the time and I drew all the time and I made up stories in my head all the time and uh and a lot and I realized most of my drawings back then had stories behind them they weren't just I'm not drawing an apple or I'm not drawing that vase of flowers I always found that kind of drawing really boring mm -hmm. <laughs> I always had these characters or you know just there were always people or always animals or something in my drawings that something was going on you know mm -hmm. but um yeah I I um I sort of got into writing and and telling stories sort of in a very different way than a lot of filmmakers usually do which was because I love to draw and because I went through animation and I loved, I loved feeling like I was stepping into an illustrated book that came to life, you know, when I'd watch the old Disney movies and that kind of thing. So that's what I wanted to create was that feeling. And, you know, I thought I would just draw all the time, but I realized when I was at school, I thought I just wanted to be an animator and I wanted to make those characters come to life. But because you do everything when you're in a film school situation, I realized my love was creating the story and drawing the story boards. It was like, that's what a story artist is, is that you create the characters, you figure out what they're going to do. You, you are the blueprint for an animated film when you do the storyboards. And when you, you know, get to a studio or work on a bigger film, you're working with writers and a team of story artists. And, and that collaboration was just like, <gasps> it was like electricity for me. I just loved it because you had an idea, but you weren't sure where it was going. So you say, hey, what do you think about this? And you show your drawings or you talk about it and they go, oh yeah. And then you could do this and it would just build and build and build and build on top of each other. Or, or if you were going off into left field, they would reel you back in. No, this is the theme of the story. This is the path we're, we have to take. 
and and oh yeah that yeah that is that's you know <laughs> you know if you had 20 hours to tell a story that'd be great to go over there and <laughs> you know and that's why sequels are you know <laughs> exist i think but i love the storytelling process and i love the collaboration of filmmaking and all of that but um there are times when you know i just want to sit down and see if i can think something all the way through and figure it out myself so there's that so my entire career has been collaboration and i've loved it and i still love it but um now i'm trying to write a novel and it's a totally different beast when it's just me to answer to you know and so i don't I have to, I find I have to wait a couple of days and then be that other voice. Yeah, that's a great idea, but, you know, <laughs> because I can't see it quite as clearly, you know, as someone with a fresh eye. So I realize how much I've relied on that, but also how much I enjoy that collaborative process. So um, it's one reason why I've, since I've been back from my residency, I've taken a job uh, on an animated film, an European animated film, because, oh, look, there's a group of people and I, they're really friendly and they're fun. And so let's work together. <laughs> yeah. so, um, Gosh, but I'm not giving up on my novel. <laughs> yeah, I I don't doubt that. Um, I, I connect so much with that push and pull between um, what you need and the time and the, ne the necessity of sort of just being with yourself to develop something, but then also really needing that community of yeah. input. And, you know, it sounds like I can only imagine how many new stories and directions you got to explore in your career. Um, I mean, I, I my guess is that you at times wouldn't have had choice over what stories were coming to you, <laughs> but that you oh, no. sort I mean, of enter into them. Yeah. My entire uh, career at Disney and, and it was fine. It was a wonderful learning. I learned so much and I worked with such wonderful mentors. I mean, I was in a wonderful bubble while I worked at Disney and even at DreamWorks. Um, it's like the first 16, 17 years of my career, uh, I, I hit a bump going into Disney through just my entrance interview with, with, a, with the guy who ran it, who didn't like having to hire a woman because the upstairs was saying, you don't have any women in creative positions, not enough. And there were none in story. So he was just saying, yeah, we'll hire you because you're cheap, you're fresh out of school. And if you don't work out, you're out, you know, kind of thing, thinking that's what would happen. And so I had to go in and work even harder. But once I got in, the artists that I worked with and everybody else, the producers, and all, they were wonderful and they were supportive. And I didn't even, it didn't even cross my mind that I was the only woman in the room most of the time. You know, it was it was, I was just another story artist and in a good way, you know, <laughs> and they listened to me and they didn't squash me or they didn't, I just felt part of the team and it was lovely. And I had no idea how lucky I was as far as that particular subject and that particular bubble, but I learned so much, you know, there were artists who worked on 
like 101 Dalmatians and Lady and the Tramp. And, you know, there were those artists from my childhood days where I was like, oh, I love these films working with me on Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. And, uh, you know, The Lion King, it was just, I was just so fortunate. And it was, but yeah, I, I didn't get to choose those movies. Those were just, that's what they decided they were going to make. Um, and I was a story artist, so I wouldn't have gotten to choose anyway. <laughs> but as a director, like Prince of Egypt, I didn't choose the story of Moses. That was decided by Spielberg and Jeffrey Katzenberg that that's the movie they wanted to make for their first animated film. And, uh, and I said no the first time they asked me because I thought I'm stepping into a bear trap. You know, this has God in it. That's, 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 <laughs> that's dangerous territory. But they said, no, we're going to have all these people, you know, doing consulting and whatever. And, and I, uh, and I really had no desire to direct even at that point, I just wanted to go to DreamWorks and help start their story department and build that. That was my love, still my love, but uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg was just determined that I was going to direct this thing because of the work we'd done together on The Lion King. I was head of story on that. So I was really, really big part of that, that whole creative process. And, um, and so he talked me into it. And um, then I had two partners as directors, uh, Steve Hickner and Simon Wells, and we all learned from each other and we worked together. And again, a bubble, it's so rare that three directors can have a singular vision and, and work well together. And, you know, we're good friends and, you know, <laughs> we weren't, I didn't know them that well before. I never met Simon and I'd only met Steve briefly. And so the fact that we could work together so well and then keep moving, um, Again, it was just this wonderful bubble that I had no clue really how lucky I was at that time. So, and I'm, I'm rambling. So please no, you're not. No, you're get me not. on track here. <laughs> like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you now, I, I will go off track too, because, um, you know, you're uh, sort of a side note, you're your moment of kind of revelation that you describe when you were a child looking at the credits. Um, I feel like in a way I had that moment when I got to meet you too, because I feel like <laughs> there's, I feel like there's a, I, I too was so, def so it was so important to me films like those Disney films and the DreamWorks and Pixar films um, that, you know, there's a lot in the experience of getting swept into those um, worlds that has had mm -hmm. a major influence on me. And there's this way in which I think I had told myself that I had no role in making those kinds of places, you know, or, and, um, you, you know, as an artist who went through, uh, you know, two art schools. <laughs> and even though I was always interested in animation and illustration, I never let myself go there. And I don't know exactly why, but 
Um, but you know, I'm coming back around to it now and meeting you. And I think that it has a lot to do with what you've kind of brought to light in terms of women in the industry, you know, and some of it's also just like the mystique that surrounds, you know, major blockbuster, you know, um, projects. Um, but I also think it is a lot about, the kind of invisibility of both women in the industry and even just people in the industry, right? Like not really understanding what goes into it. And um, I think, you know, and I loved our conversation too about um, sort of thinking about the criticisms of Disney that had happened and that I was kind of indoctrinated with in grad school but then your stories about the kind of evolution of women in the stories and and then of course certainly the role you had in that you know with with a with a movie like Brave like that was such an eye opener for me to really like uh-huh. start start to look at that and see that so that's just me gushing <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah i know i mean it's just been hard for so long, you know, getting so much criticism about Beauty and the Beast, you know, for being the Stockholm Syndrome. And I'm like, no, (laughs) you know, it's just, there is that evolution that had to happen to be able to get to the more modern Mm -hmm. take, you know, it was, those princesses were ciphers, you know, Mm -hmm. poor Snow White and Aurora, they were like, (laughs) you know, yeah, Snow White liked to work and clean, you know, that was nice, you know, <laughs> but, and Aurora just didn't do anything, and Cinderella had such a great work ethic and a resilience that I think she gets a bad rap, mm-hmm. um, but I think keeping a positive attitude and that resilience and working so hard, and yes, she dreamt, but she didn't wasn't pining for someone to come and rescue her she just felt trapped Mm -hmm. and then you know she didn't she just wanted to go have a good time because there was so little of that in her life Mm -hmm. and then she met this guy (laughs) you know and luckily yeah but uh but you know Ariel yeah her goal was a prince you know this guy but she loved the human world and she she saved his life. She did all the work. She wasn't waiting around for anybody. And the same with Belle. She saved her father. You know, she saved his life and she changed the beast. The beast didn't turn her around. She changed him. And and that that's, it's hard, but it took a different approach than the earlier princesses. And, um, and it took those baby steps. <laughs> Mm-hmm. to get to something like Brave and Moana and those mm-hmm. those characters so yeah. and well uh, yeah again thank you for your work in that <laughs> <laughs> I am grateful for that as I raise a six-year-old <laughs> You're welcome yeah um well and yeah so pulling back to kind of where you are now um and and this opportunity you've had to you know go to your own story and the stories you want to flesh out. 
Um, I'd love to just hear a little bit more because, um, as I understand it, your centrum residency was the first time you'd taken a residency of that kind. Um, it was. Focus. And I feel like it'd be really helpful. I'm obviously a really big fan of residencies. <laughs> <laughs> and not just at Centrum. I think it's important for people to hear what can happen in that space. And so I wondered if you could just share what it was, you know, what it was like for you to do that. Um, wow, it was I had been looking forward to it for so long, but I really wasn't sure what to expect. And I, I think when I initially applied, I was hoping that I'd be able to uh, socialize a little bit with other artists and watch their processes and, you know, painters and printers and, 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 other writers or whatever, just to have conversations and get a sense of that. But because of COVID, that really wasn't, we had this wonderful day, you and I, where we sat out and listened to this beautiful harp playing and, and um, she was amazing. Uh, but for me, that solitude in a way was just what I needed. You know, I'm surrounded by this beautiful, place you know the why I could go take a walk on the beach and walk to a lighthouse every day you know <laughs> and it would just fill my energy you know my soul was just ah it was just letting loose it's it's not like I hate where I live or I love where I live and I love my husband and I you know it's not but it was good to take myself out of my normal life and just focus solely on my art and not let anything else really take it away. It's like, okay, if I wanna wear dirty clothes for a while, I'll wear dirty clothes. I don't need to do my laundry right now because I'm really focused on this. Nobody's around, nobody's gonna care. <laughs> but it, it just sort of opened this door in my um, creative brain to, to, to allow myself to sit down and really, focus and while being surrounded by this place that was so nurturing and so um open to to letting me do that you know they, they, they there were no other expectations of me and uh which that's what encroaches in on my life i just feel like i have so many expectations and things I have to live up to and where this was just solely about what I could do for my own art you know and with no one telling me how to do it differently or or criticizing it or you know, just I've had so many people in the last 15 years tell me no that's wrong and that's not right or you can't do that or you know it's just it's so negative all this negative 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 coming at me for different reasons that I just wanted to push that away and allow myself to um, do what I love to do and that's make up a story you know? <laughs> as simple as that you know making stuff up you know and I love it and it um you know, I didn't finish, I didn't, you know, but I didn't go there expecting to, I just wanted to start and open that door and see if I could 
make some headway and see if is this really worth trying and it's like yes it is and I love it as you're talking I was thinking about how much I'm becoming and maybe it's just for myself at this moment in my life too but I I think that those that outline you gave yourself in, in terms of not having expectations of finishing um, for anyone listening who's thinking about residencies, I think that is such a solid way to go into it, to like really give yourself permission to just be open. It's such a good time for, for having that openness. And, yeah. and um, some people do come here, you know, everybody has a different personality type and way they work. And some people come, to, come yeah. to finish something, but, but I feel like I see more often that, 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 you know, even just giving yourself permission to not make work sometimes when you're in these, in this kind of space is really important because <laughs> yep. uh, we all need, we all need that rest. Um, yeah. Yeah. There were, there were a few days in there. I was fortunate enough to have four weeks and I was excited. Yeah. And, you know, so there were a few days in there that nothing happened and that was okay. You know, I just enjoyed my surroundings and let that be. But then on the days that it did happen, oh my gosh, it was great. <laughs> it was just like, no one's going to interrupt me. I can just keep going. And it's fantastic. So. Um, yeah, well, that's great. And I mean, while you were here, I know you shared, and I don't know if you want to talk about this or not. And I think this is something we all ask ourselves, but you know, you were sort of reflecting on, you know, what you wanted to be doing with your career and with your next, you know, you've taken on a new project, but I'm curious, you know, how you're feeling about, you know, the role of writing in your life or the role of movies at the, you know, and have you, have you come up with any answers? Well, I get in a way, um, you know, uh, my answer is that I don't have the answer, you know, in that sense, I am not going to, I have decided I'm not going to do something because I feel like I should. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to do something just because somebody wants me to do something, which I've always felt that pressure. I don't want to disappoint. I want to please everybody. I want to live up to everybody's expectations, which is you know, recipe for failure yeah, right there, isn't it? But so um, as we were sharing earlier, I've taken on this writing job for, and I'm just stepping into it for a European animation company, which is a very different kind of, uh, um, different kind of project than what you usually get here in the States. And it's very quirky and very European and very unusual and very philosophical, but yet, very childlike, you know, it's all these wonderful things that honestly I haven't um, explored before because, uh, and, and I, the one thing that I did promise myself that I plan to stick to is that I'm only gonna work with people who are kind and respectful and, uh, you know, everybody has, faults and whatever I don't expect perfection but I do expect respect and kindness you know and and not I don't want to work with 
jerks anymore. I've worked with way too many of them and, and there are way too many in Hollywood. And, um, and so, yeah. And so I'm going to be very picky in what I do. Mm-hmm. And when, if I can't find something, I'll just work on my own things mm-hmm. until I, until something comes else comes along, you know? So that feels so powerful. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I would rather work at Starbucks than go work yeah. for a jerk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'd rather go be a barista or which, you know, I know you work with jerks there, but you get to go home and you don't have to carry that mm-hmm. creative mm-hmm. stuff with you. But yeah, yeah, no, I don't think I'll be doing that, but, <laughs> but I, yeah. Yeah. Well, good. That is so exciting. Um, Yeah. What else did I want to ask you about? Let's see. Um, I know there's so many things I'm curious about. Uh, You've, you've, you've talked, you've, you've talked about a lot of the ones that I had here without me even needing to ask, which is great. No, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Um, Well, what you were just saying was, it made me think about how, so often artists, you know, and writers have to kind of compartmentalize their personal projects when they when they have like a, another full time career. But I was I'm wondering, I guess, in terms of you, it feels like you got to really make it your 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 job. Right. Like and but at the same time, I guess, was this novel brewing like years back (laughs) as you were working on other people's ideas or oh yeah (laughs) I've had this um idea for gosh maybe 30 years I mean this this has been sort of in different forms at first I thought oh I'm gonna do this illustrated children's book you know 30 pages you know with this idea and then I thought uh, you know, maybe I'll look at it for an animated film, but I, you know, I just sort of put it on the back burner and for years it was going to be a children's book. And I just, and I just never had time to really dive in and do one. I, my, my career just kept going. And, uh, and so I just, but the, you know, when you're working all day creatively and coming up with story ideas and do it, I know people who have do that and then they, illustrate children's books or they write a book or whatever it's like I don't know how they can do that I just I'm an introvert by heart so I when I'm at work all day with people and I love it when I get home I need to just you know just decompress and and turn my brain off a little bit so reading other people's work or watching tv or just you know taking walks and that kind of thing so I but I couldn't keep creating you know I just didn't have that mm-hmm. that uh, I always I always was amazed I had a couple of friends who were able to do that and it was just like wow you know the energy you have you're like the energizer bunny but no not me um but this yeah I've I've had a few ideas I have like three different book ideas that I want to move forward with but um but this one has been around for a long time and it's morphed, you know, after Brave, I always had it in the back of my mind that maybe that would be my follow-up if Pixar had treated me a little better than they did, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was hoping to stay there, you know, until retirement. But 
then that was definitely not going to happen. So, so I just started thinking about this novel um, and that I'd like to dig a little deeper into some themes, you know, where Brave was inspired by my relationship with my daughter. Um, this particular fairy tale, which is actually a, a fairy tale by Charles Perrault, um, which I, I'm not going to tell you what it is, I, <laughs> right. on, on, but uh, it's a story about two sisters and it's very short and very simple fairy tale. So I'm going to like blow it open a bit and, <laughs> but it's, it's going to be inspired by my relationship with my older sister, who's eight years older than me mm -hmm. and uh, sort of a time in our childhood um, and, uh, and, and work on it from there. So yeah, it's been around for a while, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. just percolating. And I, I feel like it's the time is coming closer and closer and it is close. I wanted to get started on it, but um, but it's going to take a while, I think, to write it. It's yeah. not going to be a quick bit. <laughs> I've got it in my head and I have to get it all down on paper. It's like, well, it's there, but I have to work it out. <laughs> yeah. Have yeah. to sculpt it and keep re-sculpting it. And <laughs> Well, and you must, I mean, I, I think it's great. You've, you've amassed all those sculpting tools. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, as you know, I'm trying my own little project that is also some sort of story and I don't really know it oh. yet. And I'm just at the very beginning of what yeah. that process looks like. And, um, and I you know, going yeah, yeah thank I, you I... <laughs> well and you know while my background isn't um I don't have those same tools I do have other tools and I do think it's um valuable to look back on all those years that you know maybe you weren't making that thing you know but I I am a believer that that you're collecting and absorbing yeah. and it all comes back when it needs to come back and that, I'm telling this to myself so that because I, <laughs> I think so many of us have to do that we have to put yeah. things on the side or the back burner and um because you know life is demanding yeah. something else and um yeah yeah I I've I've worked on my own anxiety about that <laughs> Yep, we learn, we get our tool belts of life, you know, collecting in that, you know, what works and what doesn't. And yeah, and, uh, we learn how to move forward. And yeah, I, and trying new things is part of that, you know, because you'll make mistakes, but you'll learn a lot and, mm -hmm. and you can put that to what you want to do. But again, seeing your artwork, going to your show while I was, that was another great part of the residency was oh, going thank to, you. <laughs> to see that I, you know, you, you've got something there. You should, you know, definitely keep going. Thank you. I really appreciate that. <laughs> well, and yeah, it was, it was fun to connect because I feel like one of the things I'm a collector of these days is, um, you know, uh, <sighs> gosh, children's literature and stories. And I, I'm curious, you know, what if, who, who have some of your biggest influencers been, you know, or oh. I, I didn't send you this in advance, so it's not fair to ask you. <laughs> um, 
So, you know, you don't have well, to. I mean, but. no, honestly, I'm, it's, I'm kind of a cliche in animation. Disney was uh -huh. my, you know, all those old Disney movies, Lady and the Tramp, Pinocchio, Dumbo, Cinderella. Cinderella was my favorite. You know, I just love that film. Um, um, I even like Snow White and Sleeping Beauty, you know, when I was a kid, I think it's the one I got older and realized like, well, she's kind of stupid, you know, <laughs> you know, but, um, but yeah, Disney was a huge influence on my, my career goals, my, my, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think that's part of why I love to draw so much, but my mother was a huge mentor. She, um, my mother, she was the embodiment of resilience and uh, she was very artistic and I, I have to, I love, I have to tell her story briefly because it just, it means so much to me because she would, um, she, she loved art. She wanted to encourage me when she saw that I was very interested in art and she made sure we had a piano so I could, cause I like, and I love to play the piano and my sister did, but my sister kind of dropped off. She, you know, but I loved it. So my mom made sure I got lessons, even though we had very little money. Um, but she would sit down and play this game with me. I can't remember when we didn't play it. And I, I don't know if I mentioned it to you before it was the scribble game. I know a lot of people do this, but she would make a little scribble and want me to say, what does that look like to you? Make something out of it. And so it would be a dog or a cat or a tree or whatever, you know, I'd see it and I would create that. And then I'd make a scribble for her and she would make these beautiful things, which would inspire me to try even harder the next time to see something more unusual. And just that simple game was just, was incredible but my mom um she was a she she was raised by her grandparents her mother um uh had her her husband had left her with three kids and she had married another man with three kids and they decided to give their two youngest away so they could raise their two kids each. So my mother, unfortunately, was the youngest. And it never, she never quite got over that event because she was old enough to know that her mother was leaving her, you know, and it, it um, was devastating. And she, she would visit her once in a while, but not very often. And her grandparents were very, very strict. Her mother, her grandmother was a pretty harsh woman, very, very religious. And her grandfather, um, she said she went to this one room schoolhouse back in Illinois and she loved to draw. And there was a young teacher who recognized that she had a talent. And so she walked her home from school one day and it was, you know, my, two miles from the school that whatever, and talked to her grandparents saying, she's really got a talent here. I'd love to give her lessons after school. Will you let me do that? And her she remembers her grandfather saying, getting angry with this teacher saying stop putting ideas into my granddaughter's head it's a waste of time to educate a woman and blah 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 so that teacher was basically fired she didn't come back the next year because her grandfather was on the board and 
my mother only had an eighth grade education because after eighth grade, her grandparents took her out of school because what's the point in educating a woman? This was back, my mother was an older mother. She grew up during the depression. So she was born in 1922. And uh, so, but I, I was so supported by her and, you know, she did not want that to be remotely my thing, but she went on and in her sixties, got her GED. It was after my father passed away. She raised five kids um, spread out by 21 years, <laughs> but she, her creative, um, her creativity came out in her cooking. She loved to cook and loved to do that. So that's what she did through the family. And she was a head cook at a school and a nursing home and she earned her GED. And then later she got a, a bachelor's degree all before internet, all through the mail while she was working after my father died. So if that didn't inspire me to try to do something, <laughs> I don't know what else would have, you know, I think that was the biggest impetus for me to say, okay, I can do this. I have, you know, there's no money, but somehow I can do this, you know? And so, yeah, I, um, so yeah, my mother is my, my guiding light and I'm sad she's been gone for many years, but, uh, she still is. So. That's incredible that it's, it it's, it's also sad how common stories like that I feel yeah. like are in our, you know, in our histories, in our history. Yeah. Yeah. As you were, as you were talking, it, it just in my, my lineage is different, but it reminded me a lot of, um, yeah, of, yeah. of what my grand grandmother and mom have, you know, rewritten in terms of, you know, our, yeah. our potentials and proofs they've, you know, each made such important contributions to that. That's phenomenal. Um, yeah. Well, I um, I have one more question for you, I think. Okay. And <laughs> unless I think of something else, um, but uh, I'll try to contain myself. Um, so as, I guess, as someone who is so interested in the kind of world building and, you know, magic you're, you've been a part of and someone who wants to keep going with that. And then for other people out there listening who are at the beginning of embarking on writing or animation um, pursuits or directing pursuits, uh -huh. <laughs> uh, do you have any advice, like things that you wish you had known when you were getting started? Um, oh, um, you know, I, I think everybody's journey is going to be different. Um, and I think that's one thing you need to look at is not, well, because that person got there that way, that's how I'm going to go. That's the path I'm going to try. I think you just have to figure out the right path for you and what's going to work and the timing and how that's going to work. And you have to be aware of that. Um, Honestly, I look back and I go, I'm sort of glad I didn't know a lot of stuff because I probably would have been too afraid to do some of the things I did. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm glad I was kind of naive <laughs> and uh, uh, got through that the way I did. But I, I think the biggest advice I can give to, to anyone in any field, I think, is, is be, be respectful, be kind. It's so crazy out there because in the end you have to come home and live with yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think the people that I've worked with that have been so despicable at work and, and, and play those kind of games, they get more so it's like feeding on itself because I think when they go home, they don't like themselves very much, mm -hmm. even though they put off this arrogance that they do. The reality is that they don't and they're dealing with all of that and they have to live with themselves. So my, <laughs> you know, I don't care about career anyway. It's like, yes, have a career, but make sure that you're true to yourself without stepping on other people, without being mean. You can, you can be happy and you'll be happier in whatever it is you do, if if you treat others with respect and kindness, um, I just, you know, in 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 Hollywood in that entertainment industry, it's just so cutthroat. And I, I just um, I just see so many unhappy people, and there's no real reason for that, you know, other than it's this vicious cycle that they've put themselves in. So don't put yourselves in that vicious cycle. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. it's a naive, I suppose, way to look at it. But I, 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 having been the recipient of some of that ugliness and um, questioning myself, am I reciprocating? Am I doing any of that? I realized, no, I didn't. And if I did ever, I felt so horrible about it that I, I would make amends in some way and, and I couldn't live with that. So, and so I have not um, taken part in that attitude so much. I feel like, yeah. Is that? Is that <laughs> that's good know. advice. Yeah, and, and I, yeah I, I think for me, I, I hear that and I think about all the lessons I feel like I've learned this year about like being human and making space for being humans and we're people first before we're anything else before we're our careers and you know yeah. we, we have we have emotions and feelings and those yes. are okay <laughs> and, um and we need to yeah I yeah I I think that's that's perfect thank you um yeah if we don't have that we don't have anything <laughs> yeah and with you know with kindness comes forgiveness and all of that you know and it, yeah. it, so it, it it perpetuates in a good way as opposed to the mm -hmm. the dark side <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know well, this has been so fun. I, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, thank you. It has been fun. And yeah. so good to see you again. Yeah. It's, you know, we're on Zoom. I don't know if this is going to be out there like that, but this is. Uh, yeah, we'll just so put nice out the to... audio. But yes, <laughs> we. I got to see you and that's still um, smiling the whole time. <laughs> uh, well, uh, 
best of luck on your new project and your continuing book. And thank you. Um, yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Good to see you. A huge thank you to Brenda and thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed all of my giggling and geeking out. It was really fun. And I hope you have a great summer planned. Our podcast will be quiet for the next couple months as Centrum programs in music and youth programming and music programmings kind of take flight this summer. Go to centrum.org to learn more about those uh, online and in-person offerings. And a reminder that if you would like to do a residency at Centrum, to also go to our website where you can find our application for 2022. And those applications are due August 30th. So please let us hear from you and tell us all about what you would want to do and why you need a residency. And we will be back. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Centrum podcast. The creator and host of On Air is Michelle Hagwood, Program Manager for Artist Residencies. Our cover artwork is by Leon Finley, and our music is by Tabor Dark. Centrum's Executive Director is Robert Berman. Centrum podcasts are produced by Taven Dotson, Owen Rowe, and Holly Miller. Our executive producer is Joe Gillard. With gratitude and respect, we acknowledge that we broadcast from the traditional lands of the Coast Salish peoples, from the place known by the Sklalem people as Katai, and today called Port Townsend, Washington. Centrum programs are based at Fort Warden State Park in Port Townsend. Centrum was founded in 1973 to foster creative arts experiences that change lives and is dedicated to building a world of greater inclusion through the arts. Other Centrum podcasts include music from the Centrum archives, interviews with teaching artists, and readings from the Port Townsend Writers' Conference. To subscribe to any of our podcasts or to support or participate in Centrum programs, visit our website at centrum.org. Thank you for listening. This podcast is copyright 2020 Centrum Foundation. Thank you.